Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. A lot of times in life that we don't even realize it can happen is we can fall out of passion. You know, you can kind of just find yourself going through the motions and just making it through day to day. You're just doing life, everything you know to do. You're in a routine. You're in a habit. And you can almost get out of sync or out of in tune with what God wants to do in your life and what God wants to do through you. And, and when we do that, we live a life that's unfulfilled. I mean, it's a life that's there's no purpose and there's no true reason. And, and you find yourself kind of searching for purpose. You find yourself searching for the meaning of life. And you can try to find it in several different things. Uh, but I'll tell you, just from personal experience, the void that is the God-sized void can't be filled with anything but His presence. And when God is inside of you, when, when we get this passion and this desperation for Him, and we come to this point where we're in love with Him, not just doing what He said. There's a difference, right? And, and I love the life of Jesus, and if you know anything um, you know, about, about him, you know that he came to set an example of what it was to live life on earth. And God almost wanted to give us like this picture, if you would, of what heaven looks like on earth through human form. And so Jesus came down. We always point to Jesus, but Jesus didn't come to set a religion in place. He didn't come to say, okay, everybody, follow these rules, and then we'll be golden. Like he came in and changed everything. In fact, there was uh, re- regulations of religion going on when he showed up on the scene, and he changed everything. He said, hey, I know you've been working like this, but let me help you clarify what it is to be in me. It's all about relationship. You've been following regulations, and this is what the scripture that we've been looking at in Revelations 2, he said, you've been doing a lot of good things. You've been persevering for my name and testing the word and making sure it's right. You've been, you've been meeting together. It's, it's all good stuff. He said, but you've fallen away from your first love. You've forgotten the true reason why you're here. And you've, you've forgotten the true source of your power. And so he said, return to me. Return to me. I truly believe God wants to do something incredible in our city. I might be partial, right, because I'm here. And, and I, I feel like God is going to do something great. But we have to understand something, that God is not a respecter of persons or is he a respecter of location. He could care less where it is on the earth. He's a respecter of two things, his word and his promise. And every word that comes out of his mouth is the thing that God respects. He can't veer away from it. In fact, the word says that every word that comes out of his mouth has purpose and every purpose is fulfilled when it comes out of God's mouth. So the words that come out of the mouth and the promise and the principles, that's what we can base all this on. It's not on location. You know, I've, I've read a lot of books where they're like, oh, I think the movement of God of the revival is going to come out of this location. And, you know, back in the day, I, I got all amped up on that. I'm like, wow, okay, I'm living in a great spot. But, it, but God is not a respecter of locations. He's a respecter of his promise. And, and we're looking at his promises that if we will position ourselves and posture ourselves in him, then he will hear from heaven. If we will seek his face and get desperate for him, then he will 
be attentive to our words. Be attentive to the prayers offered in this place. And so it's all a posture thing. It's all realizing where you are and where God is calling you to. And we look at this, prince, this promise that was all the way back, honestly, uh, to Leviticus days. And we read it in the church where he's talking about Jesus walking among the seven stars and walking among and, and being around the seven gold lampstands. So he's talking about the church and being with the church. But this goes way back to Leviticus. I mean, this is like Old Testament crazy back when when the Israelites had a promise, and it was in Leviticus chapter 26, and, and look at it with me. He says, um, he says in verse 1, he says, Do not make idols or set up an image or a sacred stone for yourselves, and do not place a carved stone in your land to bow down before it. I am the Lord your God. And so verse 1 is setting this promise, just like the others, you've, you've set other things in front of me. And it's all about getting back to our first love of setting priority to his presence. Setting priority to the relationship of Jesus over all other things. And he said, don't set anything in front of me. And there's a bunch of things he goes through, but I want to I jump down to verse 9. And he says, I, if, if you get these things in place and you come back to me and don't put anything before me and really go after my presence, he makes this promise. He says, I will look on you with favor and make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I will keep my covenant with you. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out to make room for the new. You'll still be eating my blessing from last year. You'll still be in the midst of it, and God will pour so much out, you'll have to move that out of the way so you can make room for the new blessing. This is the promise he's making. I mean, this is like big stuff. And he says, I will put my dwelling place among you. I will not abhor you. I will walk among you and be your God, and you will be my people. And it's this constant reminder that God is not a God who wants to sit far and look on his creation and hope that we get it. But this is a beautiful picture of a creator that wants to walk among his creation. And he doesn't just want to walk among his people, but he wants to get involved. And that's the posture, is setting priority to his presence. Because you see, it's, it's not about position, it's about posture. Because if you chase position, position is all about location. So you may see something that you want to attain, and so you go after it, that's a position that you get to. Well, once you get to that position, you're in a location, and that's about it, right? You get to that position and you get that location. But if you get after posture, posture is not about location, it's about preparation. When you're in posture mode, when you posture yourself in a way to seek and get after and be in him, all of a sudden out of posture comes position. Because when you posture yourself in Jesus, he gives you his position. And he promises this all throughout the Bible. He, he says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. Right? He, he makes this promise to David, and he's like, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Now, this is huge because Jesus held the keys of the kingdom. And, and you look at the life of Jesus, everywhere he went, miracles happened. Lives were changed. People were drawn to the message of, of Christ. Right? Jesus held the keys, so whatever he loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven automatically. Whatever he bound on earth, there were some times where he would like cast out demons and like 
crazy stuff. Like, he could have been on Jerry Springer, right? Like, just wacky stuff. And he, he was doing it all. And it, everything he loosed was automatically loosed. And so Jesus makes this promise, hey, you will hold the keys to the kingdom. That wherever you go, you'll loose things, you'll bind things, and it will automatically be done in heaven. And so it will establish what's here on earth. Isn't that awesome? And so th- this, is, this is the relationship we're craving. This is what I'm obsessed with. This is what we're, we're talking about being lovesick. And being lovesick is like literally being obsessed. It's, it's longing for. It's a desperation. It's, it's being all in for this. And this is what we're talking about is this relationship that if we can get after our first love and seek after him, that's where we find our position. Because all of a sudden when we posture ourselves in him, he gives us the authority to rise as a leader. And everywhere we go, we lead. Everywhere we go, we change things. But it's not out of who we are. And that's the beauty of this. Take the pressure off. It's not about you. It's about Christ through you. And he wants to use you. I mean, absolutely. That's why he created us with free choice and and wanting to choose him. And and there's this beautiful picture of his creation longing after him and seeking after him and coming back to their first love and, and remembering that it's not about all this regulation and religion and that's all good stuff and you should have balance and you should have things in place. But it's all comes back to a relationship with Jesus. And so I want to look uh, today at John chapter 17, verse 23. Because we've got to ask ourselves, how do we become a church? How do we become families? How do we become individuals who are setting ourselves up as a position of the seven stars, right? And, and Jesus walked among the seven stars, and basically he set the church, us, as the guide to the world. We're called to be the light, to be the guide. Uh, you, several translations talk about salt, you know, being the salt of the earth, bringing the flavor, you know. I want to bring flavor everywhere I go, you know. Bring flavor to the situation. And come in and, and, but he's talking about an agent of change. See, when there's a dark room and, you know, if we would turn off all the lights, it'd be pitch black in here. As long as you have a light shining, it overpowers the darkness. So it changes the atmosphere. When light comes in, darkness has to leave, right? When salt is added, flavor is added as well. The, the, the taste is changed. And so he's talking about us being this agent of change. Everywhere we go, we change things. Everywhere we go, things get better and miracles happen. But, but how do we do that? And so he talks in John chapter 17, verse 23, and this is Jesus talking. And he says, I and them, and he's talking to the Father, he said, and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. You see, we have to gain the posture of being in Jesus because it's in a relationship with Jesus. He's in a relationship with the Father. And so when we're in a relationship with Jesus, we become unified with who he is. How many know? Jesus is it, right? That should be like a tagline, like Jesus is it. He's it. He's all-powerful, almighty. He's the God who created the universe. Like, he's everything. 
So when you're in Jesus and you have that power, but how do we get, how do we get to that? And this is what was really on my heart for this morning. And we we're going to have a panel discussion. And, and God just, just really, I felt like this was a timely message for us as change and us as individuals and us just really coming alive. And I think it's by no coincidence that you're here today. I really believe that everybody that's here today is destined to be here. I, I believe in divine intervention, man, divine destination. And, and we intersected today on purpose because God literally shook my world with this message this week. And I was like, all right, this is it. We, we got to go with this. How do we position ourselves? How do we posture ourselves in order to become the people God has created for us? I think it all starts with intentionality. It all starts with putting things in place on purpose. You know, you can get in your car and you can just start driving and hope you end up at a location that's right, you know. You can say, all right, I'm going to go to my friend's house and I'm just going to get in, I'm going to drive. And you can blindly drive. But if you go intentionally and say, okay, I'm going to get my GPS up and I'm going to put a location that I want to go to, it changes the whole game. You're not making wrong turns. You're not guessing because the thing is shouting at you, you know, turn left, turn left. And so you're following the direction. And it's a beautiful picture of what it is to be in a relationship with Jesus, right? It's a posture of saying, all right, God, here's where I want to head. Here's where I want to land. In fact, I want to sync myself with your plans because your plans are far beyond my plans. And when, when I get in sync with that, it, it lands me at the perfect destination. And so you put in the GPS and then, see, I love that Jesus doesn't just bring us to the location, but he leads and guides us through life. So everywhere we go, we posture ourselves in him, and he leads us, and he guides us. And it's a beautiful, like almost a dance that you're doing with Jesus. And every day you wake up, you say, okay, where are we going today? Where are you leading me today? And God, I have plans for my life, and I have all these things laid out, and all these things in, in process, but what's your plans? And aligning yourself up with Jesus. It's being intentional. It's setting a place to make room for his presence. You got to make room for his presence. And you know how we do that? We literally pull up a chair to the table. And I feel like there's such power when we sit down and we eat together. Think about it. When we're having a meal, if we just, if we go off this, let's, let's just say we stay here and we have a weekend experience and we're talking and we meet each other and, I don't know, we have a little conversation. I'm like, hey, how was your week? And you're like, good. It was really good. Or maybe you're like, oh, terrible. I hope next week is better, right? We have this conversation. We leave. And our relationship doesn't really go anywhere, right? It'll be okay. It'll be really surfacy. But when I invite you out to a restaurant or we go out for coffee, I hate coffee, but I'll drink it just to be friendly. And so if we sit down at a table, all of a sudden now we're diving into conversation. And I'm all about you. And I'm like, man, how's your life? How's everything going? Are you doing good? And then we get some food on the table. <laughs> I love food. <laughs> Me and my wife love food so much. I pray, Lord, don't let it catch up with me, right? Because I, I eat way too much. But if we have food on the table, now we're growing, we're eating, we're strengthening ourselves together. And see, this is the picture of what we do with Jesus is we pull up a chair to the table, and we say, all right, God, what do you got for me? I got a lot of plans. Man, I, I have a whole, like you just see my journal. It's full. I got lots of things and goals I want to do. I've been planning my life, but God, what do you think? 
And then Jesus brings some food to the table. And you start eating. And he gives you peace that you never knew you could have. Because life has been so hard and heavy. And you don't know how you've even made it here. But then he brings food. You get strengthened. You find out who you are. You find out that it's not your strength you're living on, it's his. And it gives you peace. And it gives you joy. And you leave the table breaking your phone. You leave the table being strengthened and ready for your day. Because you need to eat. You can't live without eating. You know, you can fast for a little bit. But we all need food to make it. And so it's, it's a, and, it, and it's every day. It's doing your day on purpose. And then all of a sudden you say, you say hey, hey, Jesus, I know we just had a meal. Would you follow me and walk with me all day? And that's why, like a couple weeks ago, we even wrote the word love on our, our hands. Just because we need a constant reminder, God's with us and we're following after him, right? I need a reminder. Every once in a while I'll get in my day and I'll be so stressed out and I'll be like off the wall. And a lot of times God will use Ashley. She'll be like, take a breath. It's okay. It's okay. And I'll remember, oh, yeah. I'm not in charge here. I'm following you. I'm following my GPS. So you follow Jesus, and then every day you go back to the table. All right, God. Woo, that was a crazy day, right? What do we got for this day? What, what are we going to do here? And he brings more food to the point where you get so full that then when you bump into someone else and they're like, hey, I'm having a bad day. Really? You having a bad day? Hey, listen, I'm so full. Let me share with you some leftovers. I mean, I have some, I, I'm so full right now, so strengthened. Let me help you. Here, here, this is what I learned today. I got some bacon and I got some ham and eggs. You know what I mean? Like all the good, all the good stuff. And you start sharing out of the bountiful that God's doing in your life. But if you don't have this time, if this isn't set up where you're having that intimate relationship saying, God, I'm seeking you, I'm lovesick for you. If you don't have that, you'll never be able to pour out to someone else. You'll never be able to help anybody, maybe in vain, but you'll be weak, you'll be tired, you'll be frustrated, you'll be trying to figure things out. But it's in this that you get clarity to be able to do life on purpose. He said, and Jesus looked up at God and said, God, I in you and they in me. So we are unified so that this relationship with me and them can get them into the posture that I want them, in the position that I want them, so that I walk with them. And it's this picture of Jesus walking with us, and everything we speak, everything that we proclaim, all of a sudden His power and authority goes with our words. It's not just us talking. It's not just us proclaiming things in vain. It's all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is speaking through us and, and using us in, in a mighty way. Come on, somebody. I love it. And Second Chronicles, let me just remind you, um, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, he said, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be attentive. My, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. But he says, who are, if my people who are called, it's a listening. Do you hear it? Do you hear Jesus calling your name? I remember when I heard it. I was about 12 years old, and I heard it. I heard him calling my name. I heard him calling me to something greater. I felt it. 
there's an impression, man. I was like, I got to do something great. I know God's calling me for more than what I'm doing now. Do you hear it? It's for those that are called. If, if those that are called will then turn from their wicked ways, say, oh, wow, what, what am I doing? I'm wasting, wasting time. I'm messing around with all this stuff that doesn't even matter. If they'll turn from that and seek my face, pull up a chair to the table and say, God, I need you. I need you. I need you so much. I need you for my heart. I need you for my mind. God, you know I'm crazy. And you know, you know, I got, I got all these relationships that I'm trying to balance, and I got all this job that I'm trying to do. I'm doing it on purpose, God, but I need you. I need your strength. I need who you are. And he fills you up and gets you ready. If my people will call my name, will seek my face. And I love how he says pray and seek. Two different things. Pray is great. It's us talking. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, here's a miracle I need. Jesus, I pray for my friend. Jesus, I pray for my family, my finances, blah, 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 blah. But then he says seek. And there's the difference. Pray is good. Seek is a movement. It's a going after. It's a pulling a chair to the table. It's being intentional, saying, God, I'm seeking you. I'm not just praying. Heavenly Father, we know you're up here. We know you're up there. God, get involved with what we're doing. It's a seeking, saying, where are you, Jesus? Where are you? I want to be right where you are. There's a lot of times in my prayer time, I'll literally pray, God, what are you doing right now? Because I don't want to be wasting time. And I know anything I do that's not established by you is going to be in vain. So, God, where are you? What are you doing? Where, where are you? Where's your hand right now? What's on your heart? And it's aligning ourselves with this heart. Would you grab a note card or, or write it in your phone, however you're going to write it down? But there's the, in the bins right there, the, the, the metal bins. Grab a note card real quick and write this down. This is super important. And this is what I want to do today. I want you to write down how you're going to make room for his presence in your life. Your day, the time of day. All right, write that down. Placement, man, this is super important. Putting in our schedules. If I tell you every time, yo, we need to hang out. Yo, we really need to hang out. And then next week, hey, we need to hang out. Yo, we really need to hang out. But if I don't put in my calendar and we don't set a date, it's never going to happen. I keep telling you, hey, we need to hang out. Bro, we need to go. We need to get it. Go play basketball or something. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. But if we never set in a schedule and it's setting it down, it's making a priority say, God, this is the time. And maybe some of you even need to think about it. You need to go home and look at your calendar and say, all right, when's a good time of the day? For me, it's morning. Right as I wake up, it's, I have to wake up a little earlier before the family's up, before I get going with my day and work. I have to go down and really get it with God. And I need, I need a good I need a good two hours so I can pray and I can read and I can really have margin. Here's the important part. Don't create a space where you run the agenda. Get your reading in. Get your scripture. Create margin. Now, we had to do this with worship because we, we, were, we were just talking and noticing how we were kind of rushing through the songs just to get the songs done. So we took out a song. What were we doing? We were creating margin space. We want to hear what he has to say. That's what's important, right? We can do all this stuff that we think up and, and plan and, and do all that. But if you don't have time where you just sit in his presence and say, God, would you speak to me? If I dominated the conversation at our, at our dinner every time and I'd never let you talk, I wouldn't learn anything about you. I wouldn't learn anything about what you got going on in your life. So when we sit, 
And we say, God, teach us. Speak to us. We're lovesick. We're beyond desperate. We need to hear from you because we understand every word that comes out of his mouth is established. So when he prompts, this is the only thing he, he's a respecter of. When he promises us stuff, when he speaks words, and that's why we sold everything, went all out in this vision because God promised us, you know, this amazing movement in Philadelphia. So we said, all right, all in. <laughs> he's a respecter of that. He speaks it, we're in because we know it's going to happen. And so it's really putting priority to his, his words. Last scripture I want to leave you with. Oh, second thing. I want you to just write this note on, on that card right here. Write down what you're going to be seeking God for, okay? And you don't have to think of it now, or maybe you, around the top of your head, you're like, I know exactly what I'm going to be seeking him for. It's important to know what you're seeking after, you know, whether it's wisdom for raising your family, you're thinking about your career, your schooling, what you got going on, person you're going to marry, whatever it is, you know, singles are all caught up in who you're going to marry. So write that down. Write that down. You need to see God in that so you make the right decision. But here's what I would love to leave you with. Isaiah 43, verse 18. And a lot of times when we think about the movement of God and we think about things that are great, we look to everybody else's movement of what they got going on, right? I'll look at you and be like, wow, look what Heather's doing. She's crazy. She's in it. That must be it. I'm going to do everything Heather's going to do. And so I get involved, and I, I'm doing what Heather's doing and do life on that. And that's good because I can learn from you, right? Because God spoke something to you specifically, individually. And so that's good for you. But check out Isaiah 43, verse 18. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. A new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. See, I can't get all caught up in what happened at that place and what happened in your life and what happened over there in that state and what happened in that state. I can't get caught up in that because God's got something new for me to do. He's got something new for my life, new for my family, and it's going to look different than what you got going on because God's got streams in the wasteland of your wasteland. What's your wasteland? What's the things you counted out? God wants to come in and revive, restore, make better than it was before so that you rise to the position that he has for you. But it's all about the posture. It's posturing ourselves to say, God, we want to hear from you. God, we need you. Can we take a moment and just posture ourselves? If you feel comfortable with me, would you stand to your feet? And can we just kneel in his presence? Can we just bow before him right now? In fact, yeah, 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 we're good, we're good. I saw something shiny, you know. It's in our posture. It's when we posture ourselves in desperation and seeking and in love, saying, God, we need you. This is where we find who we are. Right here. This is it. It's the posture of saying, God, I surrender who I am. I'm humbly coming before you. It's not about me and my pride. It's laying that down. And I'm turning to you. I'm turning from something and I'm replacing it 
with seeking after you. Because it's not about just not doing things. Don't come into the church and think it's all about rules and regulations and things you can't do. Don't get caught up in that. It's more than that. God will teach you that as you go. I promise you. You'll get involved and invested in him and his love and his greatness and his gracefulness will teach you, wow, that's, that's messing me up. I got to get rid of that. Wow, that's not good for me. That stuff will come. Put first the kingdom of God and seek after his righteousness. Seek after who he is. And in that moment, so can we posture ourselves? Can we just speak to God from a lovesick heart? Say, God, I'm desperate for you. What do you need from God? What are you going to start seeking him for? Come on, take this moment and really dive in. God, we need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We seek after you, God. Won't you come? Won't you come? Come, God. Won't you come? Won't you come? Come, come into this place. Won't you come to seek your face? I'm desperate for you. God, we're desperate for you. Won't you come? Won't you come here? Sing set a fire. Set a fire down in my soul where I can't, can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain. That I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain. I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more. I want more of you. I want more of you. I want more of you. I want more. Can you just tell them that? I want more of you. I want more, more than I had before. I want more of you. I want more. I want more of you. I want more of you. I want more of you. I want more. It's in your presence that we find fullness of joy. It's in your presence that we find who we are. So we seek you, God. We seek you. We seek you. We want to be near you. We want to pull up a chair to the table, hear what you have to say. So God, help us.
Come on, what are you seeking God for? Are you seeking God for your family? Seeking God for your kids? Seeking God for your career? Seeking God for that next venture that he has you on? For that relationship that you're praying that God mends and brings back together? Come on, what are you seeking God for? God, I'm seeking for a breakthrough. A breakthrough in my relationships, in my finances. God, let me be generous. Start it in me. Start a fire. Burn a passion in my heart. All right, would you pray this prayer with me? Here's what I feel like is, is really the most powerful prayer you can pray when you're getting involved with who God is. Is say, God, number one, show me your heart. I want you to write this down, but you're going to write it down when you get back. Um, show me your heart. Number one, show me your heart. Show me what you care about. Show me what you're broken for. God, show me your heart. And you're going to see God's going to open your eyes. All of a sudden, you're going to walk through. I remember with me, it was the next generation. I prayed, God, show me your heart. And he showed me the next generation who were, were self-inflicting harm on themselves and thinking about suicide and, and turning to things that, that were just not right because of the void in their life. And I started being broken. And then I prayed this. This is the next prayer. God, break my heart for what breaks yours. It's this prayer of saying, God, let me get in alignment. Let me get in unity with who you are and what you feel. And, and God, let us see what your heart is and then break us for it. Let us see what you care about and then let us care about it too. Can we just cry out to God and say, God, break our hearts for what breaks yours. God, get us involved with what you're involved in. Turn our eyes to what your eyes are upon. God, let our ears hear your words and your cries from heaven. God, let us hear you as you are desperately crying out for those that don't know you, for those that need your presence, those that are hurting and lost and broken. God, let us be broken for that too. Let us be broken for that too, God. Wake us up in the middle of the night, God. Let us pray over these things. Let us weep over these things. And as we sit at the table and we get to know you, we get to know what your heart breaks for. And you start to make us like you. Make us like you, Jesus. We love you, God. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. Come on, can you stand to your feet? Let's lift both hands up. And let's just worship him. Let's praise him. Let's thank him for who he is, what he's doing, what he's accomplishing. God, we love you. God, we trust you. God, we worship you. We praise you for the things you're doing in our lives, for the, the, the emotions and the heart you're putting in us, God, to be more than just an emotional thing. But God, it's an investment thing. It's a choice thing that we come back to you. We come back to you, Jesus. We seek after you. We love you. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Sit down real quick. Move into a time where we get to worship with our giving and get involved with what God's doing in the city. And I just want to thank you uh, for just prayerfully considering. It. Maybe you're considering, you know, being involved with change on a financial uh, respect. And I thank you for that. And I pray that God would just bless you and take you beyond. I'm excited for what God's doing because of our generosity. And it's because we get involved generously, we open up our hands, that God can then work and put things more in our hands. Not all financially, it's a favor thing. So let me pray that God will bless our gifts as the hosts come and get ready. If yours is automated, you can join me and just hold up your phone or iPad. God, we thank you. We trust you. We thank you for the gift 
that you've placed in our hands. We think that you've trusted it with us because you trust us. And so, God, we give it back to you. We plant seed, we sow it into good soil, and we pray that you would make it go beyond what we could ever make it go. Let change take place in our families, our homes, us, our schools, our jobs. We love and trust you, Jesus. Amen, we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give. Check out the screens for some highlights. change family so we have a few reminders next week is going to be the last week to come and bring your canned foods in um, so remember to go out and get those or collect them from your pantry whatever that may be um, this week we have groups so there's a few different ones going on we have a women's group I think they're going to do a paint night we have a guys group they're going to do an escape room there's a whole bunch of different ones that you can do so either go to our app or our website and you can sign up for those they're going to be awesome and so much fun um, but before we go, I want us to grab the invite cards. Um, you can find these in the bins um, on your table, but we're going to pray over these. So if you guys could just grab these um, while we pray. Um, Lord, I know that you have put people in our lives that you want us to give these to, Lord. And I just pray that when you put that on our hearts, Lord, when we hear your calling, Lord, that we'll step out in boldness and obedience, Lord, and we'll Give these to the people who need them, Lord. We believe that every invite can save a life, Lord. Um, so I pray that we step out in that boldness this week, God. Um, we know that you can move the mountains. You've done them before, Lord. So we pray with expectancy that you're going to do that this week. Amen. All right, guys. So as we go out into this week, let's be bold. Let's be obedient. And we'll see you at groups.
Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.